I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Ethan Warren. I'm Shauna Armstrong. I'm Rick Kelly. I'm Carrie Nelson. And I'm Anthony Pizzo. And I'm Zach Roden. I'm Joseph Finn. And I'm Douglas Lehman. I'm Bridget Taylor. And I'm Amanda Lett. And I'm Joey Lee. Oh, so yeah, it's a lot of people. Uh, and we all love to watch. Oh, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I got to do the title, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love to watch uh, The Night of the Living Dead, All-Star Extravaganza, uh, the totally normal All-Star Extravaganza. Hey, now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Uh this was this was poorly planned out. There is uh there's 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 too many people here. But uh, anyways, we'll we'll get into that in just a sec. So yes, welcome so much, everyone, to the totally normal, reasonable thing that's going on here, uh, which is the Night of the Living Dead All-Star Extravaganza Extravaganza, totally normal. Just what people do sometimes. Um, and I, I'm joined by my guest, Ethan Warren. Hi, thank you for having me join you. Thank you for agreeing to do it, Ethan. Please be cool. I will. I I love to do this, and I I would do it no matter what. Excellent. That's the kind of enthusiasm that I've asked you very nicely to to give. I I very much appreciate that. So yeah. So as you can tell, we're joined by a lot of guest hosts. Um, if you guys could all say hi. Hi. Hey, guys. Lucky number three. Hello. Oh, my God. I'm just so excited. I've been so hyped all week to talk about Night of the Living Dead, one of my favorite horror movies. Oh, God. Yeah. So I wrote my uh, thesis in college on um, political films effect on people's perceptions of American politics. What? Hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah, that is that is a lot of people. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Let me let me just uh, I wrote down all your names. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Shauna, uh, Amanda, uh, Carrie, Zach, Rick, Joey, Bridget, Anthony, and Douglas. Uh, so I, I mean, as as all my guest hosts, you are all guest hosts. Um, some people have one guest host. I think that's cool. We have like ten or eleven. Uh, because it's the extravaganza, it's the best possible way that you could do an episode like this. And of course, I'm joined by my wonderful guest, Ethan Warren. Just someone who I love to talk to more than anyone else uh, in the entire world, I think is fair. Uh, let me let me frame this up a little. So this is a special episode of We Love to Watch. Uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, I was quote-unquote sick. I just coughed a little as the story goes. And Peter was like, oh, Aaron... Oh, save your voice. And I was like, oh, what a good friend. And then uh, then he was like, but don't worry, I have a guest host, Marcus, who I just started doing this cool earnest podcast with. And it's not that I want to talk to him more than you or anything like that. It's just, you know, uh, you're sick uh, and I want you to protect protect your health. And I was like, I'm actually feeling relatively well. Like, I actually think I just swallowed something weird. Like, you know, when you drink water, he's like, no, 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 just just shut off your microphone, go to bed. And I'm like, oh, what a good friend. Uh, and and on that that episode was Ethan Warren, someone who I talked to before Peter in in real life. Uh, but he still was on the show. Uh, I didn't feel excluded at all. It was just a friend 
uh, doing nice things. And uh, but yeah, so but I never got to talk about Night of the Living Dead. And you know, Peter's traveling; he's on a flight right now to Chicago. And I was like, "Oh no, Peter! The the airplane phone's not picking up, or else I'd totally invite you to this." Uh, but it was, so yeah, what I'm doing is we're just doing it again. I've I've been thinking about my thoughts of Night of the Living Dead for like a good 14 months now. And man, only person I wanted to talk about that was Ethan and like 10 or 11 of our of our wonderful guests who are now guest hosting. Actually, if you guys could like. All do me just a little bit of a favor because I'm realizing that this is a little bit of a clusterfuck that I haven't really planned for. If you guys could all just like not say anything unless I call on you, uh, that would be that'd be great. So, uh, yeah, so we're this is we love to watch. It's a movie podcast. Anyway, not it is a total, totally normal episode, not a petty weird thing I'm doing. And it's a it's a really good one for people to jump in on if it's their first episode. Like you should put that in the show notes. Like if you've never heard the show before. Yeah, start. Start here. And you know what? Great point, Ethan. And here's why. Because, sure, on most episodes, you get Aaron. You get Peter. Um, if you get you choose a really bad episode, you get Marcus. And you get, like, a guest, if you're lucky. Occasionally, we've done two. You don't usually get 12 hosts on a podcast and one guest. That's relatively rare. And as I'm realizing, somewhat for logistical purposes, but just making sure there's an avenue to speak. Yeah, I agree. Ethan, start here. This is probably going to be the best episode of the show. It's going to be a really good conversation. Uh, Ethan, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience who uh, hopefully skipped over that first Night of the Living Dead episode. Right. So um, I I am Ethan Warren. I am a, a writer-director of the feature film Westifer uh, that you can stream on Amazon Prime or another uh, streaming service that is better for humanity and uh, senior <laughs> editor of the online film journal Brightwall Darkroom. And I also have an infant uh, fitfully sleeping on my chest as we speak because he wanted to talk about Night of the Living Dead, too. You know what I think? I think that is another guest host. So exactly. 12, 12 guest hosts. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Chimed in. That's that's Liam. And he loves to watch. Perfect. He loves. Yeah. Pff, try name another episode that's had a baby on it. I don't think you can do it. This is clearly the best one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, west of her. Great movie. Just to let you know a little bit about uh, how I watched the movie the first time, I bought it on Vudu, not Amazon Prime. I right when it came out, uh, and little known fact, uh, my host, my my co-host, my normal co-host Peter, uh, he uses my Vudu account, so he didn't pay or support your film really financially. Uh, he just borrowed my my account to watch it. So, I mean, he, he really liked it. He thought it was good. But I'm just saying from a financial perspective, he didn't really do much there. I mean, I would say that, like, he put extra friendship power into the world in kind of like a Care Bears kind of way. So I think that that paid me just as much. If you could just fucking agree with me when I say things for this episode, I think it'll go a lot smoother for you. I, I, I It would have been great if Peter would have given me money for Liam's college. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I care about your... As a father myself, one of the things we have in common, um, I care about your children's education. Uh, I'm on Venmo, actually, if he wants to, like, you know, I'll just just send a request. He probably owes you a rental. I agree. You should make sure that... Peter, it's it's important to financially support art. I mean, I I would think a purchase probably more than a rental would be, like, most appropriate. Yeah, I mean, because in theory, he liked your movie. He's gonna want to watch it many times. Yeah. 
Put your money where your mouth is, Peter. That's all we're saying. So, Ethan, as always. Yes, thank you. So, Ethan, as always, you know, I I remember when I was listening back to that episode, uh, and it was like, you create a great quiz for Night of the Living Dead. And I was like, ah, I wish I was there, but I wasn't. If you, uh, I'm assuming, with especially with all these people, that you've done the same thing. So, let's start. Go on, Quizmaster. Start the quiz. Uh, okay. Great. Yeah, no, I'll do, um, I'll do that. So. Is it for like, okay. one, what would it be better for? Would it be better for 12 players or one player? I think maybe like everybody should just like vote for, for the simplicity. Maybe what if you just do the quiz? I think everyone's probably okay with that. I think, you know what? I have a better chance to win. I think that's going to be good. I think, yeah. So, uh, here's definitely question one of something that I've been working on. Oh yeah, um, it's going to be good. Zombies zombies are monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh of the four options of of how they work, uh is it that zombies are uh they drink blood uh or they're frankensteins or they're back from the dead or they turn into wolves. It feels like the first three are right. Feels like one of the old classic Ethan Warren trick questions that one of the reasons people love your quizzes so much. Uh, I'm gonna go the first three. Are they're all correct? Yeah, they definitely drink blood as, as while while they're eating people. Some of uh, Frankenstein very specifically was a zombie. Uh, he came back from the dead. That's the as far as I know dictionary definition of a zombie. Uh, and yeah, if number three, eat human flesh. Yep, if you're gonna suck you're, down okay. that blood. Yeah, no, you're you're right. That's your your one for one. So number two <laughs> oh, um, <take> that. <laughs> is let's so Night of the Living Dead was directed by um uh, is it Stephen King? Um, Ooh, it's gonna be a Steven tough one. Spielberg, all horror guys so far. Steven Seagal or George Romero? See, I think you're trying to trick me a little bit with all the Stevens. You're like, look, I wouldn't have said three Stevens without one of them being accurate. Uh, so I'm gonna, you know what? It's a classic Ethan Switchamaroo. I'm going to go with George Romero. You're right. And um, now it's time for the bonus round. Um, Can't wait for that. Uh, this is where the audience is really normally on pins and needles. Who's, who's the the um, who's the good we love to watch host? <laughs> Ooh. Well, right now we have 12 guest hosts. Do they count? Or is it just yes. the standard? Okay. I'm, I'm going to go. You know what? I'm not. I'm going to be generous of spirit. I'm going to say it is uh, your son. And also then tied with me. You're right. Oh, it's a hundred percent. Gotta be a little humble. Yep, that that's you did really good in the quiz, and we and that's why I'm not gonna go to a cornfield. You're not gonna go to a cornfield? <laughs> Do you get that joke? No, I'm excited to hear. Uh it's one of the classic times that uh unlike on other episodes where Ethan explains jokes. Uh no, you know, I'll just give you a nice clean edit. Okay, all right. Um, it was a Twilight Silver. Great. All right. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think, uh, you know, Ethan has been known for bringing some really great quizzes out before. I got to say, Ethan, you, you've you topped yourself this time. This is the best one I think that's Congratulations. ever. Congratulations. You won it. It was a it was 100% A plus, and I'm proud. I'm proud of you. I feel pretty good. Did, who won the who won the other quiz that you did on the other episode? I'll tell you what it was. It wasn't me. And this one I won. Yeah. So right it's there. True. Actually, honestly, I think I think on the other episode it was uh, zero to zero. Great. So I also let's just say just for posterity, just to make sure we're accurately reflecting the record. Uh, I also won that quiz. We'll say 
That's right. Great. All right. Uh, Ethan, are you ready to talk about a little movie called Night of the Living Dead? I've, I've never been readier, including in the other episode that I talked about it. That was just like a practice run, and, uh, and I'm ready. You've had time to process. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Great. Let's do that right now as I insert better music than was before. Guest host Liam, you are alternate taglines. Uh, so what he's doing is is just um, breathing very heavily, which uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to presume is a reference to the, the classic zombie sound from Night of the Living Dead. Oh my gosh, what a good one, Liam. Um, I'm so glad you're tied for best host ever of We Love to Watch. can uh actually i'll tell you what uh i haven't even though i i thought it would be like a good time to do this episode because peter wasn't around so he wouldn't be like monitoring skype and noticing i'm online and talking to other people (laughs) um but uh i actually i didn't watch it again so i don't know if like you want to do the plot or what what do you want to do here liam just breathed really heavily he's disappointed in you i would i would love to do the plot how for how many seconds uh quick recap Quick recap. Yeah. So, yeah, you put um, seconds on it. Plot of the Night of the Living Dead is, um, uh, so I I also was extremely planning to rewatch this movie, but I've been very busy. So uh, movies, I, you know what? It's what people always say. Movies are always best when you've had a good fourteen months to stew on them. You really shouldn't give your opinion before that because you're just going to get with like your first reaction, or you're going to have hot takes. I think it's important really, to really let yeah. it stew. It's it's like sunk right into my unconscious now, and it's like a part of me. So there's, um, I think they're a brother and a sister, or um, or cousins, and they uh, go to a graveyard, um, but there's a zombie there, and it's very scary. So he knocks the brother over, and the sister runs to a house, and inside the house is between one and four people. Some of them are in the basement, and then they all get very upset with each other. And I, uh, in, in ways that I believe are, are, are sort of a commentary on the social issues of the day, uh, and then the zombies try to get in the house, but they're trying to get out of the house, but then most of them die, and then all of them die. And at the end, the <laughs> police come and they shoot the last one, and it's uh, really a, a actually a very uh, tragic and poignant uh, moment that really resonates with the civil rights era. So, which I think was um, re- everybody can just see that in their mind now, and I think I did a great job. Look, I actually I think you did an amazing job considering considering that if I remember correctly uh, when you saw this uh, the first time for the episode, which is why I was so excited to talk to you about it in the first place. That you had never seen any of these movies. It's true, and actually, here's a, a fun fact: I watched all of the Night of the Living Dead, the whole Romero Dead cycle. For the episode, and then we only touched on the first one. And I, you know, oh, I got, I we got a chance to do so a hot take. Homework. We yeah. got a chance to do kind of some some follow up. So, mm-hmm. what did you think of the other three briefly, and how would you rank them? Uh, I mean, I think I, I think I just ranked them like chronologically. Like the first one's the best. The second is also really great and crazy and very seventies, which I love. Um, that's Dawn of the Dead, right? Yeah. Day, oh, day yeah. Of the, day of the Dead has, is it Bub? 
Bob, yep. Bob is great. Everything else about that movie I could kind of do without. Hmm, um, interesting. And the fourth one, uh, I, in, in a real moment of symmetry, I watched uh, on my phone lying on the floor of my daughter's bedroom when she was about Liam's age. <laughs> and she was fussy. Um, and I thought that was just, I don't think that one's very interesting. It feels like very kind of 21st century bland. Um, yeah, we talked about it. It definitely is missing something from the first three. It just feels like such a clear – like the first one is so much about uh, the feminist movement and the civil rights movement and about these like classes that don't have the same rights and are fighting for it. And then the, the Dawn of the Dead is so much about consumerism. Uh, Day of the Dead is about the military-industrial complex and like Reagan – the Reagan era and stuff like that. And they really feel like they're these broad themes – that don't get necessarily deconstructed, but like that's what that's like what they're taking on, and there is just something about um, maybe because the two thousand sucked even from our like general <laughs> malaise and themes. It was just like I don't know nine eleven and Bush, but like not really because then there's that whole thing with John Leguizamo that doesn't really fit. Like yeah, De- Land of the Dead has some cool stuff, but it is definitely a big step down I think from the first three. I mean the first one also like. He he's kind of has progressively less to prove every time, like yeah. This this first one is like so like the most like punk rock movie, and yeah, it just it just gets a little bit less like yeah like you know hungry every time. Yeah, and the thing that's really impressive about this movie, uh, from my memory and from my notes from that time, is that like essentially every part of the like modern zombie mythos is like from this movie you watch the walking dead it is a straight line (laughs) to what those what the zombies in this movie for the most part are doing give or take the brick smashing of the window at the beginning and what zombies do 60 years later like he basically created he didn't create the idea of zombies but he created like the modern incarnation of it and then even with some of the fast moving stuff, that was like the only way that anyone's been able to improve it. They're like, I don't know. I guess sometimes they move fast, but otherwise it's all, it's all there right here in this, in this movie, which is amazing. Like even stuff like vampires, which have a similar, like long term cultural touchstone and everyone does their own twist on them. Like it does feel like the vampire mythos has evolved quite a bit from the, the Dracula stuff. Like they leave out major parts uh, you know, the kind of the, the what what are the like the Igor type people that follow him around and like you, you read Dracula or watch Nosferatu and like the pestilence component, this idea of this black death and disease is very much present for that. And then that's changed to, you know, yeah, sunlight is the only thing that kills us and these crosses are a joke and we don't really have these minions following us around anymore. And, you know, we we have different goals and we have societies and like. They, you know, there's the blood sucking and the, and the usually the sunlight stuff that's consistent, but everything else is up for grabs. Where for the the Romero zombies, it's like the only thing they've modified is like fast to slow, and everything else has remained consistent. Well, here's here's my counter to that though, um, which is not so much a counter as an addendum. In this movie, because the actors don't have any prior image to work off, like the uh, walking dead zombies are all 
based on that. Like, and, and they're working off a shared cultural template that all those performers have. Where, just oh, just really quick before you finish, this is a new point, right? Not something you said in the last episode. Definitely true. Okay, That's excellent for sure. Okay. Um, Don't no old points. That's a old old show. No one's going to sift through those. Right, and if, and if you're listening to this, um, you have signed a contract to not ever listen to that episode. So yep, just a, only need one. Only need the extravaganza. Yep. Don't know why you need the normal ganza. Um, but I, I think this is really interesting that the the uh, performers in this movie had never like they had no model of what a zombie would look like. So they're all making these weird little choices. Like I'm pretty sure at one point one of them is like licking a mushroom on a tree or something. And yeah. That's not part of, of the current zombie mythos, <laughs> but that's just this one performer was like, I've, I've got a great idea, George. And yeah, that, that's crazy. That is crazy to think that, like, you know, when they made Dawn of the Dead, when they made other incarnations of this, they watched the you can say they walked watch the Romero movie and got what a zombie is. And that's true. Romero's directing. But they also are just watching the actor's choices and deciding, like. Oh, I like what that guy did. That's what I'm going to do. And that helped extend what a zombie is because, like, one guy who we don't know his name because he was an extra in a no-budget movie in the 60s did something. And now that's, like, culturally what a zombie does. That's true. And, I mean, they're, they're not even called zombies, right? They're, like, I think, are they ghouls in this one? I don't even I, – I, I don't remember if they call them ghouls or call them anything. I think um, – I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I want to say they're ghouls, and and it just they they don't necessarily look like zombies as as we know them now, and it it moves closer to that as it goes along until the fourth movie is like just you know it might as well be Walking Dead, and I think that's why the fourth one isn't interesting to me is it just it feels so similar, and maybe that's just because the culture sort of moves well it's it's just missing Romero the point doing. because like the zombies were never like some of the nine eleven and Bush stuff is actually the best part of that movie. The error of like rich people creating these fake terror things while they lived in luxury and keeping other people down. Like, that's the most interesting part of the movie. What's not interesting is that the zombies were always a stand in for humanity. They didn't, the whole point is that they didn't have like a personalization or anything else. And they get away with it in Day of the Dead. But the idea of then in Land of the Dead, like, I don't know, smart zombie leader comes back and has a gang and makes them all smart to fight back there was something about that that just like was like i don't know use a different monster like you're totally misusing zombies because at least bob and day of the dead the whole point was like it was this science versus military thing and science was doing experiments and tests to make the zombie like this was land of the dead was just oh i don't know they've just been around so long one of them got smart again like that it just it felt incomplete and not as interesting as anything else the movie or other movies were trying to say. And um, I remember so little. Is Dennis Hopper in the fourth one? Yeah, he's the George Bush. Mm. Um, I, 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 I just remember so little. Like, I remember less of, of each movie. And so I could have been... Dennis Hopper is so... Different. He is so good in that, though. Like, and there's, there's so many, like, direct parallels that I forget. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, literally, like, Bush quotes that have been repurposed to refer to the sound like it is not subtle in what any way is, shape or form what year is that movie come out 2005. 2005 i'm trying to think of where it falls in the in the hopper arc that guy was fascinating that's yeah. not what we're here to talk about no it does feel like that's the last thing that's super interesting though um the other thing that i really 
you know, it's, it's funny that you didn't see this. Um, you didn't see any of these movies for a long time, which kind of seems insane. But I did something similar with this movie where I saw Dawn. So I I did that thing. I don't know if you do this, where I started watching this and then something happened uh, like 30 minutes in where I had to go or I couldn't finish watching it. And that is like the death knell for me ever finishing a movie. As a matter of fact, like Children of Men, I watched 40 minutes or something of when I first came out. I bought the DVD. I started watching it and I had to go. And I finally watched that movie beginning to end uh, like three weeks ago. It's amazing. It's really good. But like there's nothing – when I start a movie and I always plan to go all the way through, if I don't immediately pick it up the next day, it's like I will probably never watch this movie. And that happened with Night of the Living Dead. So I watched Dawn and Day and Land, and I was like, I get the gist. Yeah, they come back there in the house. And then finally I was like, okay, I need to start the beginning. I need to watch this. And it just blew me away. But it's one of those movies that you can probably I, – I feel like you can go, I've seen this without seeing this. But yeah, it, it is still – I was amazed at how like vibrant and amazing it was, even even being the last entry in the series that I got to. I think it is something where I felt like I had seen it without seeing it, and it's I was so, just so wrong. Because, I mean, an interesting thing about this is it's it's kind of a, a pastiche. It's kind of a throwback. Like, if you look at the other movies that are out this year, which I'm, I I can't even remember what year Night of the Living Dead came out. Uh, 68, I, I think. It comes out in 68. God, I mean, the other stuff that was happening in 68 is nothing like this and this is it's, it's yeah i mean me and that other guy that sometimes talks on the show with me uh we were just talking about that with like spider baby like it was like spider baby it was this and everything else was just those felt so crazy for that I mean, time is, is 2001 out that year like yeah 2001 is 68 too so this is as much a throwback as like i like the good german for uh you know the 21st century like yeah and and I I had not realized that when I first watched it, um, and so there are these elements where it's like very sort of over the top, like the, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Well, yeah, and and just the opening, like I I am like pretty reasonably sure that the opening has this like very cool throwback, um, like you know fifties drive-in uh, sci-fi uh, music over the opening credits. Yeah. Um... This this movie also has something that I love in movies, um, which is, in most cases, from broad generalizations, I don't like it when you never find out what's going on at all. Like, this movie, you never find out where zombie, why zombies are coming back from the dead, and that's fine. That's way better. I think, like, they're like, I don't know, maybe that, that asteroid that hit did something with it, and then the second one, Dawn of the Dead, they're like... Maybe there's no more room in hell. I like that's fine. I don't. I, I never I need. Hate to, I don't know. Um, they they the other guys talked about this stuff in that episode. So, oh yeah, great. Uh, I'm probably saying it better because I'm gonna get to a really good thought here. But thank you for warning me. <laughs> don't want to. I mean, if they said it, it's probably not. That it would just. Interesting. It would be. It would be uncomfortable. So you know. Yeah. It's, I, but I here's but here's what I do okay. like. I don't like when you never find out anything necessarily. So there's a scene in this movie where they're all huddled around the radio and you're getting these like news reports that's just kind of explaining like, hey, everyone's huddled in the house. What's going on outside? What's it like? And they do that again in the other uh, in Dawn of the Dead where they're huddled around a TV 
And I love it when movies do that. I love it when it's like, okay, you, you've had no contacts for anything for a halfway till the halfway point in the movie. Now let's not give you like every reason why something has happened, but at least give you a view from outside of the room that you're in. And, and that just like the scariest scene of this movie, according to my notes, <laughs> which, but I do remember it is like when they are huddled around the radio and it keeps getting closer and closer to the radio until it does a hard zoom in right when you find out like oh my god they're eating people they're eating people like and all this stuff like and it's a good five minutes of them just huddled around the radio and it is just terrifying as you start to understand what's been going on around everywhere it's very signs when you put it that way um the the idea of these people just stuck in a house and the only context you get is just what they're watching on tv well yeah the best fucking scene in signs is when they're watching the tv the news footage of the alien walking by like that's the best scene in signs that's so many things i wanted to say before i derailed myself with that signs <laughs> thing oh what i think is really cool thinking back on this now is that i i forget that this is not a movie with a bigger scope because Romero had this, he has this workaround of using the radio and using the broadcast that they're hearing the stuff coming in from outside and, and it, it makes the movie feel global just, you know, through the power of, of how he put that together. Like, yeah. I mean, this is for all intents and purposes, a stage play. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it, which is it's just really impressive. Guy, guy was good at his job. Well, and, and he kind of does that in all three of the first movies, right? Like huddled in a mall. Not sure what's going on. They finally start getting somewhere to the outside. Huddled in a bunker. They keep – like at the opening of Day of the Dead, they go to like a city again and they do a sweep and they can't find anyone. And then the rest of the movie's in that bunker while they're wondering, should we go out again? The zombies are coming up to the fans, like all this kind of stuff. It is ama- – but all three of those movies, especially Dawn and – especially Dawn of the Dead, I think is remembered as almost this like horror epic but it really is just like it's not even just in a mall. Like about thirty percent of that movie is in that room above the mall. Yeah, but it it but feels it, huge, it feels epic. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really amazing. Um, let me. See. Oh, the other thing that I think is still so shocking. I, I've talked about this before, and that is uh, there is a safety to black and white that I'll, I'll never forget when. They get to that scene in the last 20 minutes where they look out the window and they just see the really grotesque moments of the zombies actually eating, like, intestines and oh, something like that. it's so gross. <laughs> it's so gross, but it also – it feels visceral in a way that I think most horror movies don't. They're, just because I think you're lured into a sense of safety. I wa- I've watched some very fucking gross uh, horror movies, I defend a lot of movies that are commonly referred to as torture porn, and they never really get under my skin. Even the Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead stuff doesn't. And Night of the Living Dead, that scene, which is much less grotesque or gory as the other ones, it does get under my skin, and I think it's just because there's something uh, Pavlovian about that I'm lulled into a sense of safety when I'm watching a black and white older movie, so that when it does jump cut to this two minutes of intense uh, brutality that I'm always caught off guard in a way that I'm not when I'm sitting down to watch fucking martyrs or something to, to watch fucking what martyrs martyrs. I do not know what that is, but it does not sound like my cup of tea. You should look it up. It's really good. Peter, Peter actually, or, or what's his name? 
that one I just cut out the Peter part, me. Um <laughs> I forgot. Um that one dude that I sometimes talk to, he's, he's okay. But he finally watched it thinking that it was just a uh, normal um gross movie and it, it's really something more. But I but I try not to tell people about it because it's set up to just be another torture porn movie and then it goes somewhere really different. So I yeah. But it's I good. Will, it's I really will good. read about it on Wikipedia because if if the word torture porn is used anywhere in the vicinity, I'm probably not going to watch it. With the exception of, I don't know if you would count this, Kevin Smith's Tusk, which I've take, not I've not seen Tusk. That movie rules. Hottest take. Is it in good? Universe. I love that movie, and I you know what? I have a lot of feelings about Kevin Smith. We'll save it for Smithcast. Maybe call it like a Smodcast. Oh, man, I don't know if um, I could. Do, I, I don't know if I could do a Smithcast. Oh my god! You know, I just. I'm just starting for someone who had like his first five movies at some point I probably had on my top 100 list. I just have no interest in revisiting anything. I I don't have an interest in like watching his new stuff. His first five movies would have been on my top five movies list when I was in. Yeah. Kevin Smith is just I'm going to be writing a big old thing on him for bright. Oh, I'd be interested. You know, the movie I'd be the only movie of his I'd actually be interested in revisiting is Dogma. You know, I haven't seen it since, uh, you know, a few years ago. I think it holds up. Oh, boy, this baby thing. I don't even know. Oh, Liam, what do you think about Night of the Living Dead? Hey, we agreed you gotta shut that baby up if you ever want to be on this show again. <laughs> Liam, Liam, you're ruining this for me, Liam. <laughs> um, anyway, Liam, uh, best host that there's ever been on any podcast, is giving us the signal. And you know what? Oh, it's some... So unlike some other podcasts, I don't, I don't feel like we need to talk forever and just keep going on and on about movies. I think we had some really good points. I think we got them across briefly. We don't need to waste everyone's time just talking for the sake of talking. So I'm going to go through some other random thoughts and notes, and then we'll move on to some final thoughts. So here's a note. I wrote assassins in quotation marks. Any uh, any thoughts? What that could um, be? Was that like an idea for like a career shift for you, maybe? <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of my notes, in quotation marks when I write notes, usually means someone said it, and I thought it was interesting. I actually, I do, I think, I think I know what that refers to. <laughs> um, I mean, I think they refer to the the zombies as assassins at one point, don't they? Like the idea that, that these things could be, um, mm, you know. That doesn't sound they, right. They, I, I think it's right. I think I'm right about most things. Well, maybe you are. Uh... The ending is still a complete gut punch. Stand by it. Wrote it. Mean it. Uh, power outage to kid zombie is still terrifying. Yep. Also true. Yeah. Very much true. Truck blowing up is such a perfect hopeless moment. Something yep. Romero excels at. Gives you everything you think that's going to be escaped before taking it all away. Very good. Great thoughts. Normally I expand on these and like, I don't just read them. But I mean, this is kind of, this is like your Night of the Living Dead bucket list right now, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think I think it's good. I think uh, uh, we'll yeah, get to oh sh- audio. Oh shit! Uh, hey everyone, uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for honoring our wishes about not talking. Ethan, uh, I forgot about uh, all the all the hosts. Uh, according to Skype, they're still on, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with it. Just be be cool. I thought they were just being really respectful. They they were. Oh, yeah. Such respectful. Yeah, fuck. Uh, Sorry. Uh, But, yeah. uh, Thank you, everybody, for for letting me have the floor. Yeah. Oh, and Liam, too. And Liam. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, I don't think we have the time for 
everyone to give their final thoughts. So, uh, Doug, you're very well liked among the rest of the group. Maybe they won't get so mad at you. If you want to give your final thoughts, uh, you have to speak for everyone. Well, it uh, took me seven hours to finally talk about Night of the Living Dead, but uh, I would have wasted that time anyway because I'm a lazy uh, young person. Um, Yeah, no, Night of the Living Dead rocks. Really bold camera work. I uh, love that bold ending that just takes things to a viscerally realistic level. Uh, George Aramur is a master, and this is his masterwork. Night of the Living Dead rock. Great. Those were so insightful. Uh, thank you so much for that, Doug. Uh, Ethan. Your final thoughts on Night of the Living Dead. But, like, your real final thoughts this time. Last time it was final, but this is coming after. So that time, if you if you do listen, which you shouldn't do, that cancels out those final thoughts. These are the final thoughts. Go. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's like how you know uh, in uh, when Disney bought Star Wars, they made the other uh, novels not canon anymore. And now it's only the mediocre novels that yeah. they're making now that are canon. It's like this, but not mediocre. This is my canonical final thoughts on Night of the Living Dead. Uh, it rules. It's, it's just the best movie, and I'm, I'm really glad that I finally got the excuse to see it for this show, because who knows when I would have gotten around to it otherwise. And yeah, and, yeah. And, it's and, really hard. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, it's not. It's a very long movie. Um, yeah, and my final thoughts on Night of the Living Dead, I think everyone knows I love the movie. It's such a good movie. I think really what I want to focus on in my final thoughts is is who, you know, movies are who you share them with. And honestly... I, George Romero was a legend. He's not with us anymore. And I can't imagine a better group of people I'd like rather be talking about Night of the Living Dead than, than everyone on this 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 cast, this extravaganza. So honestly, guys, thank you so much for coming. Uh, I know it was a lot of time out of your schedule. Um, and it was kind of amazing how quickly all of you jumped at the chance to uh, to be a part of this this special the special show. So thanks again. You know, I love you all. Uh, and, uh, I think next week is going to be lesser for all of you not being a part of it. Wait, Liam, what are your final thoughts? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Ethan, he, he may have, be, he may have been turned. Just be aware. Um, oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So next week is, I don't know. I don't know what next week is. It's going to be something. Uh, but, but Ethan, thank you so much. Where can people find your and Liam's work? Oh, Liam can be found here. <laughs> Brightwalldarkroom.com, a different lens on film. It's pretty great. Great. Best of her is on Amazon and all the better services. <laughs> great. And we'll see you next week on a less special version of We Love to Watch. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a con. I'm not ashamed to say I hope it always will stay this way My hat is off, won't you stand up and take a bow And if you threw a party, invited everyone
Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand and you want to support the show we truly absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on itunes i know every podcast says it and it's because it really does help and so every podcast wants that help so please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically they hopefully want to tune in and listen and thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years uh we really do appreciate you uh with kisses and smooches peter and aaron (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>